This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Problem. This is Schmoozing with Rav Meir Schiller, Meir Enei Chachamim. This program will probably drop in the midst of Parsha Shmois. And we know, of course, Parsha Shmois for, for many is crucial because it begins a six or something this year, an eight-week uh, period, which is known by the acronym Shoivivim Tat Shmois Eira Boi Bishalach Yisroi Mishbotim and has been actually indicated by already sources from the Minhogi Ashkenaz, reaching back 500 years, and perhaps even earlier, this was a period of Yemei Tainus. It was a period of Tshuva. It was a period that somehow in this dark winter time, Klal Yisro, at least the Ashkenazim, uh, were involved in fasting. It seems that as the Chachme Asoid, not necessarily from the Ashkenazi world, started writing about this idea, it's clear that this wasn't just tshuva in general, but it was seemed to be tshuva specifically about chatoyim that were kosher to, as they say, the chet hayadua, chatoyim that were kosher to what we would call Hanogas of Tznius and Kedusha, or as it's referred to in the Sifrei Soid, the the Pagam Habris. Now, now I did see, Rav Meir, that there was also inclusion of Kas and other things and Gaiva for each week. I did see in some early sources. But I think you know from the world that you come from that this was a period uh, that was dedicated specifically to Shmira Sanayim, Taira Kedusha, and especially to be Moinea, uh, the misuse for men specifically, of the ois bris kodesh, masturbation and other things, but it's also about being masakin, the pagam of your past. It's not just this is a time for young people uh, who are discovering their their urges of their body and their sexuality and their their inability to to perhaps control themselves, who have the resichus of the dam, but for adults as well, and it was clear if you take a look in the in the in the in the svarim, uh, whether it's the chida in Sipar and Shamir or other places, that this was something that adults, especially who were influenced by the Kabbalistic perspective, they'd be fasting, fasting days and days, uh, not just on Thursdays like like it's brought down in in the in the Leket Yosher, but the whole period, a period of fasting and being makabel and sometimes yom and ritzufim because of the tikkun because you need eighty four. Tanesim uh, to Mesakin one So this was again honored custom in Klal Yisrael. I should just also add, by way of introduction, that it's clear from the Sifrei Chsidus, especially from Slonim Rebbe. I'm talking about the the Beis Avram and others, that there was a a a, a shift from the Tanesim and the Sigufim and the the flag, flagellation over the Aveira that you had done to other things that you can actually see even in the Chidah, which is learning, 
learning supposedly five hours a day. I saw by the Salon of Reb, if you learn five hours a day with no bittel and not one talk which has nothing to do with Torah, that counts as a tonus. So we find again, uh, you know, we uh, from the Baal Shem Tev's Talmidim, Talmidim, a, a way to take this, this, uh, ex- this, these activities which sound extreme and to turn them into laser refined Avedis Hashem. In Square, the Reb Bracha said that only the married should fast. He encouraged Chassanim to fast but didn't want the Bachrim to fast. And I think there are two uh, reasons for that. One, there was a, um, a guarded reticence to even discuss the subject when it came to unmarrieds. As you said before, the terms Midas Yosef at Sadiq is sometimes used, Midas Yosef. So there was, there was a reticence to discuss it. And also because he so wanted the Talmudia Yeshiva to be... Um, Shakur in learning that he felt that might be a more efficacious means to affect whatever tikkunim had to be had to be affected. So that that's just one thought I was going to add. This question of whether it is good to speak about the matter or not speak about the matter, I think, is an interesting discussion within the ranks of uh, Torah Klal Take for example, contrast. Let's say Rabbah uh, Roth. Uh, and the Mahmoud Breslov on one side, and on the other side, take, let's say, Chabad, where it's almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got different approaches to the whole business as to whether one should be discussing it at great length or whether one should be trying to sort of envelop a person in a more positive environment or in a more positive thought environment, and that might be the better way to do it. In the yeshiva velt, I suspect there might be, and again, you might know better than me here, I, I don't find the, the obsessive attention to this in the Sifri Musa, in the Bali Musa, even in the Rashi Yeshiva that one finds in both the Hasidish and the Svadish world. And it might be that they held sort of like Lubavitch does, that one Zolzacharaintin in Gutazachen, and that that would um, in, in, uh, defeat the, the, the evil forces. And I think that there's something to be said for that. There is a son of a thought somewhere that uh, a person should think even thoughts of shtusam v'avalim in order to just live in a different dimension. I've lived in, in Chabad for years. I, I had Sdorim and Lukutei Teira, and of course, Tanya, I gave Shurman Tanya. But, you know, and, and of course, he does mention, as you know, yeah. famously in the Geras HaTshuva, he does talk about uh, how the... Kabbalistic emphasis on this, that there's no tshuva shayach, is, is, was a tremendous mania. And he, he tried, as you can see, openly to overturn that. Uh, this was one thing that I think that the Reb, the, the first Lubavitch Reb understood, the, the Chabad of Shner Zalman, he understood that, 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 that the sources were so horary and, and scary. But I've never thought that the emphasis on cosmology and the spheres and hishtalshulus was a way to sort of be bireach from what Chagas Hasidus was emphasizing, which was Tikkun Abris. Right, it, it disappears, it disappears. I, I'm asking to you, but I never, yeah, okay. I, I, I thought it was more a sort of uh, uh, 
to be honest with you, either a, a, a way, you're right, to, to emphasize the godless of what human beings are shy of, and really investing, and we still have it today, with, you know, I used the term last time, perhaps incorrectly, versus ourselves, a triumph, a religious triumphalism, which I think Chabad has. They, they believe that, that Chsidis is Reisha Dele Yisyoda. And in fact, if you read the, the Maimarim of the Rebbe, uh, even ones that start off on a simple level end up elevating chsidus to a, a, a madrega higher than anything found in, in the Sifrei Soid. And I thought that was a way to sort of like bring, yeah, a, a, a self-worth that was that was so powerful that gives them a stolzkeit, which many people are turned off by. I mean, that that's that's part of the reason why you, you know, you peon, you don't know anything because I'm Isaac and and, and, and this and this is true Dvekas to the Rabinashalam. I never saw it as a a a, a eitza not to be dragged down to what the other Chassidus was doing in terms of the the emphasis on Pagama Bris. A Chassidish a version of Slabotka. Way more powerful than Slabodka because, because at least in Slabodka, the, the articulation is pretty intellectual and understandable. Whereas here, uh, it, it really can devolve if you're not really holding there into just saying over things without really understanding. In other words, whether it's, whether it's Adam Kadmoin, whether it's Atik Yoyman, whether it's, you know, Said Hakav, Vayoshev, Igulim, Whatever you're going to be downloading from the, the 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 mystical lexicon of the Ari, it ends up that you you seal off yourself from being even able to have a, a discussion with somebody else because it's like they can't even speak the language. The Derech Mitzvah which is considered the 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 thirteen fourteen year old book, is already chock full of sections. Which, if you to the uninitiated, read completely like Greek and Chinese together. So I think that you know that's the way I understood it. It's interesting that 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 you felt that this this was a conscious effort not to be drawn back into the ugliness of the act of of Hitzel That's a very interesting take. Uh, I'll just say in relation to the point you're making and. Return to the matter at hand in a second. That uh, cosmology and theosophical speculation admits of less uh, creativity than moral ethical philosophy. So anyway, that's just an observation. Uh, but but back to back to the point at hand. So I think this goes to the issue of what is the best means to approach this matter, and it also in, incarnates itself in the varying levels of of sexual segregation, which there is within orthodoxy, ranging from, let's say, the world of, of Frankfurt and German orthodoxy, which had a fairly less harsh degree of separation of the sexes, to, let's say, when I was in Square Yeshiva, there was one hour a week in which the grocery store was open just for boys, because it was considered sinful to go to the grocery store at times that, you know, women and girls might be there. So the varying levels of separation is fascinating. I think in terms of even weddings, that the yeshiva world, until the Hasidim got here, in terms of their chastanas, I think the 
the seating was separate, but there was no machitza. I think as far as their dinners went, that it was actually mixed seating most of the yeshiva world. I heard it from Amnotha Greenblatt Satsal that he was one of the, actually the Shatchanim for Rav Moshe's daughter's wedding. Rav Shiskal, who was, who was not learning in, in, in Mesif Tzvarez Yerushalayim, approached Rav Nota, and Rav Nota was the one who helped uh, the Shidduch with fire uh, take, take place. And Rav Nota's talked about the chasana, and at the chasana, the boys and girls sat together, the single boys and girls at Rav Moshe's daughter's wedding. And there were Rabbanim who came to Rav Moshe, maybe of more of a Hasidish event. And they asked him, they said, well, how could you have this? He says, he says, this is, this is, this is Vimekentel. In other words, they saw these events as ways to bridge the obvious gap that existed between boys and girls and the ability for them to get to know each other, to socialize. And this was considered a kosher means of socializing and perhaps building another wedding. That was Ramesha Feinstein's tahir, you know, in, in the late 1940s, early 1950s. I've seen pictures of Rav Shia Schiff's wedding of Shagul Fabel's son-in-law, and um, they were not sitting together, but there was no mechitza. They were facing each other, men and women. So again, the Hasidim, as in many other areas, the Hasidim radically altered the trajectory of the yeshiva world. And I suppose yeshiva world uh, traditionalists would maintain it was bringing them back to a pre-existing tradition which they had abandoned in America, but that deserves more historical research. But I think the deep, the deeper question here is, which of these means is, is more effective? Which of these means gets us to our goal? And then the question becomes, we must define what the goal is. What, what is the goal? Is the goal to prevent overt sexual sin? Is the goal to prevent the thoughts of sexual sin? Is the goal to prevent thoughts of sexual sin if they lead if they lead to to further sin is the goal to prevent any level of thought whatsoever and i think that this we must answer this prior question before we can decide whether uh, ncsy or broyers uh, is superior or inferior whether the pre-existing yeshiva world was superior to the current yeshiva world, or whether all the attempts in square there at, at this point in the square there are two separate sides of the street to walk on for men and women. Is that the ideal? On the other hand, even the Hasidish not in square, but even the Hasidish today, everybody goes to the grocery store. Men and women go to grocery stores freely, freely um, bunking into each other. Again, so is is the wedding and the grocery store, how are they different? So I throw out all these questions very rapid-fire manner, but just to illustrate what is the ideal we are trying to achieve. I agree with you that we need to somehow zero in on how cultural norms and activities were a response to something. And what were they a response to? And what do they hope to achieve? What do they hope to achieve? Yes, yes. And, and, and if you say that they were pushed by, in some way by the leadership, what was this threat? And we've already, I think, mapped out that the Bali Avoida from the Chassidim were very much influenced by the Chachmei Asoid. And the Chachmei Asoid, I think, invested the Averis for men. In terms of, it was histaklus, machshavis royois, but 
all of that was compounded and in a way made worse exponentially if it led to Zera. That was sort of the, and if you look in the, again, you have to be honest, as you say, about it. That was something that they felt was so terrible that it could rip the Avedas Hashem to pieces. You can see it in many Sidurim uh, when they get to Tekabishay for Godel, right? The idea that there's a special mokum in a lot of Chassidish Sidurim and others where a special tefillah for Hitzos Zerovatola of and, and to be Machaper on this Ovoin. So e- even though you're correct that it, it does it does in a way create a a separation of 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 the of the genders uh, in many ways i believe that it was focused on this terrible chet that was predominantly for men it, it, this is i think a little bit different than what we see from the rambam hundreds of years earlier when he talks about hilchas yontif about the romancing that went on between uh, men and women during Yontif, and why you have to have Shoitrim. Uh, you, you have similar, like, sort of statements hundreds of years later for, by Rabbianus and Ibishitz about what's happening that men and women are, are, are becoming too friendly with each other and dancing with each other. I think the, the, the intensity and an extreme aspect of the Chsidi Shevelt had to do with the influence of. Of, of what they saw in the Svarim, of how terrible it is? Even though the, the Issa would exist, in other words, there are there are various levels in Halacha to which one is condemned after doing this hate, but you are correct that the, the Kabbalah has a tremendous influence here. Well, 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 the other part which I was trying to get to was the fact was that men and women, whether it's boys and girls, or married men and married women, will engage in halachically questionable or outright sinful activity. And and that I think was something that that many communities had already, but did not have in place the clampdown that the Chsidishavelt did. And I, I think from the Drushas of Rabbi Yonison and 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 the Hafla Hafla's son and others you can see that the their drushas tell you what was happening. In other words, their drushas tell you there was more interaction between men and women than we would actually expect. And that was going on. And therefore the, the, there was a reaction. We have to do something to sort of, to sort of separate the men and women together. Now, the third thing, which is if you aren't separated, that you're going to have whether they lead to or not, that is a, that is a pagam in the person's mind, but it's not necessarily that it's leading to this terrible chet. So, right. so I think one emphasis on the hafrota between men and women was because they realized they did not want they did not want men and women to engage in premarital sex. They didn't yes. want men and women to to have affairs and be involved with other married women. That was one side. And then you have, like I said before, the chesidish side, the kabbalistic side which is mostly about the men, right? I don't know if there's an equal shoivavim emphasis for, for girls at all. No. And and then like you're saying, which I think is somewhere in the middle here, that, uh, come on, if, 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 if you're going to be a slave to your bodily desires, you're never going to be 
the ultimate human being you can be. You're never going to be the the the, the person who really is oimid on 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 higher thoughts and 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 being connected to to God in the greatest ways. I don't mean to editorialize for any one of these approaches. Um, what we would need, we sort of need a a, a pew poll here on um, where there is more sexual fantasy and sexual sin, whether amongst Hasidim and Yeshiva, modern Orthodox, right-wing modern Orthodox, left-wing modern Orthodox, which approach is in fact more effective? Now, I suppose that taking the poll would be in itself a violation, but that is the question. Do these approaches, are they counterproductive perhaps? Is one of them more productive? But I think we have to hear zero in on sort of the the non or vaguely halachic monorthodox world, which has completely dropped this subject. It's non-existent in the in, in the co-ed monorthodox world. No oh. one will ever speak of it. But well, let, let, let me respond. Both of us have taught in that world. Um, yes, you, mm-hmm. I think, Rameyer, were sort of in the moderate to right wing part of it, although you taught you you were also a, a hockey coach in other places. Yes. But the place where you did your teaching was more uh, the place that, you know, they sort of were embarrassed about their modern orthodoxy in some in some sense. Well let's call it right wing modern orthodox. Let's call it that term. But I actually taught in a school that was the cutting edge and almost the articulators of, of modern orthodoxy as Likatrila. So where I taught in SAR the principal uh, wrote, and this is already going back to when I was uh, teaching there, which was in 2010, he wrote a manifesto about why having a, a school that from, even though it was a high school, to have boys and girls together in the school was a lekatrila. He started out sketching that the other schools that he'd been associated with, whether they were TABC uh, MTA, where of course you were, which was, or JC, he says these schools, although they were single sex schools and the boy, there was, there were no girls in their classes, the boys and girls would, would be very eager to meet, would definitely socialize every Shabbos and would socialize at the bus stop, would socialize at the pizza shop. And that many of even the better boys who were doing well in their class and in their sheer all, you know, many of them had girlfriends and many of them had dates and were going out and seeing, and, and there was a, a sort of a dissonance that was happening because they, on one hand, the rebellion were preaching against it. On the other hand, they knew it was happening and turning a blind eye. Uh, so therefore he felt that instead of, you know, having the sham that we are a yeshiva, what we should do again is basically admit and perhaps take advantage of the co-education in a way of the respect that it granted instead of the woman being this, this, this strange unknown that was always the, the seat of the desire of the boys, which meant that their, their expectations were unrealistic when they were involved in getting married and their ways of treating these young women later in their life was sometimes very one-sided and hound doggish. They instead got to know them. They got to know these girls and they could respect them. And, and, and he also felt that, and, and he wrote this, in many of these schools, there is a, some sort of a wild, uh, unbridled 
gross behavior that you sometimes get when the boys get together. They're ashamed of acting that way when they're in class with the girls. And part of it is because they want to impress the girls, because they want the girls not to see them as some loudmouth idiot. So therefore, he felt having the girls, even if it meant boys and girls learning Becharusa together. And again, I was a teacher in that school, and I oversaw, you know, I'm not going to say I oversaw what was supposed to be of boys and girls being chavrusas together and learning, and he felt that this was not just an admission that we can't solve the problem, but he felt that it could lead to something better, and and it could lead to a more respectful relationship between young men and young women and make better marriages and better families. I'm not given easily to doctrinaire statements, but I will say in relation to the ideology which you just formulated here, that I think it's almost total nonsense. If all these places would have the same statistics in terms of Kiyam HaMitzvahs and Shmir Such Shulchan Aruch and basic Yiddishkeit as Lakewood has or as Sfer has or as Eddie Masifta High School has, I can buy it. I was in Ramaz. I know of SAR. I've been to SAR. I know these places, okay? It is utter and total balderdash, if that's the term, to suggest that they are promoting some form of better Kiyam HaMitzvahs what are you talking about? Open up a Shulchan Aruch from, from, from Maida'ani and Negevasa to Birchasa Torah and Davening to Twilin to Tzitzis. I mean, it's, it's so, um, preposterous to suggest that they are more interested in a Kiyam of Shulchan Aruch than the, the average kid in some Beish in 10th grade. Now, having said that and dismissed this in terms of saying, we are doing this, this, we want a better Kiyam of Shulchan Aruch which again, I'm filing under balderdash and preposterousness. Having said that to you, okay, I would also say um, it's going to help marriage later on. I don't know. For that, we need another Pew study. To be fair, I think he understood that eventual Shmiras HaMitzvahs on a, on, a, on a complete level of Shulchan Aruch is going to happen later. There was almost an admission that in the modern Orthodox world, the the high school experience is only a bridge to a, a life that's going to happen post high school, and there, there was an admission that it's almost, if you think about it, Rav Mayer, an yeah. analog to the Chattas Nurim world that that many Sfarim like Rav Tzaddik and others tell us that you know what the the, the Velt of the Chattas Nurim you'll know how all those Nitzoytzes that you were Moitzi were really part of some structure to bring you back. All right, all right, all right. yeah, okay. With this, that's two Ishbitzer. No, but that but that Ishbitzer idea yeah. is sort of right. similar to what the modern Orthodox Velt holds. No, it's, it's not. Like, they don't they don't want their kids to wind up. He, this guy who you're quoting and that world wants their kids to wind up in Turbidas. What are you talking about? They want their kids to stay where they are. They get upset when their kids go to a more halachic orientation. They they expect that many of the aspects of Kiyamah Mitzvahs will, will come as they advance. In other words, they basically say, these are the usoidists of what makes a great person. The rest of the pratim are going to hopefully uh, kick in as they mature. And then by the time they become a ben Oinshim of ben Chof, they pretty much are, are, are keeping Shulchan Aruch 
But we know that's nonsense, right? You, you and I both know that's yeah, nonsense. Yeah, right. But that, but that, but that's the idea. And what they gain from it is what what you were sort of downplaying, and is the respect for the opposite gender. Really, are the divorce rates any lower in their world than they are in the Haredi world? Part of it, there's a little footnote to this, is that that they want the school, they want the modern Orthodox Hevra to feel good about themselves as well. They want them to feel that they're not just Bidievid Jews, that in a way, what they're doing is something that, that is Gainsworth. Um, well, again, here what I would say, say the following, you know, um, let's go back to Torah Vedas in the 1930s, Zohar Berlin, Rav Hutner, They also were dealing with a, a rougher element among the Talmudim, but they wanted to move them somewhere. I don't think the, the, the people in charge of these schools want to move them anywhere. I think they're, again, this is the greatest shock I had, and again, I'm, I'm getting too upset here. This is the greatest shock I ever had. I walked into Yeshiva High School of Queens in 1977, and I knew my orthodoxy just from the writings of their leaders. And I couldn't believe what I, what I found there. I mean, there was, it's, it's, I won't say insane, but it's insane to suggest that their student bodies are the equivalent of any part of the yeshiva shachasidish world. Now, if you want to look at it as a halfway house on the way to Kirov in some elaborate way, but that's not what you are talking about. Uh, you, what you're talking about is like some Rebbe in JUC or MTA might be, look at his task in that way. But that's not, not the way they look at their tasks in, in, the, in the rest of that world. I just want to say one other thing about, you say that in the, in the Yeshiva Shachasidish world, that there are prost and bomi elements. Of course, there certainly are. But having spent many years in, in the non-Orthodox world, I would suggest there is no dearth of prost and bomi elements there as well. So um, I don't know if if there's any um, less infatuation amongst amongst the Prust and Bami elements in in that world than there is in the uh, in the traditional world. Does the traditional world produce more Prust elements? Again, you need stats here. We need the pew. We need the pew people to get out there and do the stats on. But this. But, but as 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 you've noted, people when they are asked, even by very nice pollsters will not necessarily own up, especially in this area. How many of them do you expect to say, how many times are you Motsi Zera every week, right? No one is going to no one no, is going to answer I, that I, question. I, I said before, we're not going to get stats on this. But but here's the difference, okay? The kids sitting in, you know, Ramaz or any of these places, uh, Westchester, SAR, these places, again, he's going to regard the whole subject as silly and funny and, and where's the kid in the intervadas or or square or any yeshiva in the whole world is going to regard this as a struggle to which he is summoned to engage in this struggle whereas again the, the ramaska has no struggle one of the things i think that they feel is that there is a, a advantage to not saddle someone with guilt i think they believe that there is a there's a broken element that many, and I can tell you there's there's a little bit of truth in this. And and part of it is reflected in the Svarim Akhtoshim when they talk about, you know, how, you know, how, how terrible the Savera is. But yet, as, as I mentioned before, the Alter Rebbe saying, you know, not to become depressed and get into Marish Chayra. And, and I have seen people who have 
been in this situation who are who are overwhelmed with guilt, frustration, who feel terrible about themselves as human beings, who believe that all the bad things, we'll call them, that happened to them in their life was a byproduct of their youthful uh, fantasies and machshavis and their inability uh, to control their their desire uh, to pleasure themselves. And 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 they believe that this is a, a krankheit that really wounds a person. They, they believe that? Have you heard this discussed ever in their circles? This is the reason why they don't mention the subject? Because they don't want to psychologically depress people and render them less effective of the Hashem? That's their rationale? Was it just simply, we don't do things against the zeitgeist, that's all. They felt, as I mentioned before, that there was an ability to think in, 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 a, in a holistic sense about questions, deep questions of humanity in the world. They, they really believed, and they felt that was enhanced, as I said before, by having boys and girls together. They felt there was ways to have the conversation. I agree with you, it opens the door to to a a a perversity of of things. I'm just trying to say they believe that it it is despite. I think they believe. I don't think they believe. I think you're giving them way too much credit. I don't think they believe much of anything except that they want to service. They want to service their communities. You wanted. You talked about the pupils. Do you, from what you know, and and you are a respected person within the Chassidish community, from what you know, do you believe? that in, in the more recent years, that there have been I- issues that have grown further and further in terms of sex addiction in the Hasidish community, divorces because of, 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 of misunderstandings of what the relationship should be between men and women. Yeah, well, I think the question is what I agree with. It certainly is happening. That that's true, but the, here's the, the refutation of where you you're trying to go. You're trying to say it's a reflection of a strict orientation from which they understand little and wish to escape. Would that be the truth? Then the fifties and sixties would have had the most cataclysmic statistics in those communities, because that's where the standards were the most strictly enforced, in fact, the most harshly enforced, I always say this ratio of corporal punishment, if corporal punishment is supposed to produce such negative results in terms of um, Yiddishkeit, so why were not all Hasidish and Yeshivish boys driven away from Yiddishkeit in the 50s and 60s? Why did it all start much later on when the doors had been opened? So perhaps it's the opening of the doors which has created Created the difficulties and not the pre-existing standards. Yeah, so this this really touches on what we talked about on our cell phone discussion, which was that you know the, the genie's out of the box. That yes, uh, there's definitely a culturalization that has occurred. There's more exposure, and and that really you know I, I think is a a good segue to uh, as as we sort of approach the end of this talk to something I I I tech I sent you last night about. This initiative, which which is not for the Chassidish Shavelt, um, it's the worldwide Yeshiva Shovavim initiative. Uh, attention, all Yeshiva Bochrim, and this is a, uh, a very glitzy campaign, assuming that yes, uh, as they call it, Yeshiva Shovavim, yes, they can adopt the spirit of Shovavim, 
apply it today, and I think apply it in ways that reflect sex addiction, that reflect uh, binge watching, uh, that affect this. And as, as, as you can see, what I sent you, they are really honest that it is connected to uh, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim Parshios, just like the Svarim speak about. But instead, you know, it culminates in a big event in the American Dream Mall during the Pesach break, where everybody who met the challenge, the 50-day challenge of Shovavim. And first of all, uh, every week uh, that you're on this Shovavim uh, challenge, there's going to be a chance of getting Svarim. There's a raffle to get $300 worth of Svarim, $400 worth of Svarim, Every week that you're in it, actually the the raffle goes higher, and you actually have even uh, uh you know there there's ways to actually get a thousand dollars worth of farms. It doesn't doesn't buy as much as it used to, and there are the the fifty day challenge that you sign up for is number one, um, you filter your device, you guard your eyes to the best of your ability, and they encourage you to try the Yisod challenge, and we'll read about that in a second. There's a daily chizik tip, and they tell people, yes, shmiras habris. It gets easier the more we hold back. Uh, let me just read a little bit of the of the yisod challenge. What they want people to do is yisod. Again, it's always great, these acronyms. The Yiddish entertainment cites only defense. <laughs> they say, accept upon yourself during shovavim, that when it comes to entertainment, we know you're going to look for entertainment. You'll use only religious websites. And if you're ready to step up the plate, fill out this, fill out the form. And this way you become part of the GYE Guard Your Eyes Challenge. And are, are you encouraged by this? I know in Beishraga that there are endless rewards, primarily with food, but sometimes with money, for every aspect of Yiddishkeit that they have, learning, davening. And I'm just, I'm just baffled by it. Shlomo Zimmerman's book, Boys to Men, I think is part of the same tofa'ah, that we need to be more open that Hitzah Zerovatol is happening. We have to be open that that this is occurring. And we want our Talmidim not to be depressed. We want them to feel they have a way to win. We don't want them to become addicts. And we want them to feel they're part of some campaign. It's interesting. Again, this would not be, of course, anything a chesidish bocher would sign up for, because it, especially the yisoid part, which isn't to learn, you know, reishas chachma, or, or to right, but rather to realize you're going. You can't learn all day, but when you do want to have entertainment, it should be religious sites only. Now, right before we started recording. I was thinking like, okay, where's, what's the entertainment that they're getting from religious sites only? Um, both of us are a little bit of mevinim in what, what entertainment sites are about. So I, I mentioned to you that maybe they should, maybe they're telling them they should watch Bardak, which has now become a, um, a phenomenon in Israel. These, these two fellows cashed in on the fact, especially as COVID, you know, seeped into the, our world that people were looking for some funny stuff. So, you know, they're, they're, they're Bali Kishra and they come up with ideas. And you mentioned to me how you felt that this was actually, um, this was actually something that would, that would perhaps up, uproot what they were after. Sure. Badak is an extraordinary satire uh, against a lot of the fundamental assumptions of Haredism. So 
I don't know, is that is that worse than the internet, Badak? Badak is saying we have a cartload of hypocrisies and a cartload of falsities. Well, one of the classic Badak scenes, which I mentioned to you before, is that the guy is looking for a minion for Mincha. And um, he, he the only minion he can find is some outdoor religious Zionist minion. So he, he's got the hat and the jacket. So he wants to stand near this minion because he wants to dive with the minion. But he knows if anybody sees him davening with a religious Zionist minion, it's not going to pass. So he's davening there like we used to in the old days, daven to the phone booth or something, you know. That's right. But this is sort of typical Badak, and it's, it's casting a a intelligent, critical glance at many of the fundamental assumptions of Haredism. So if if this Yisoy directs them towards Badak, I think it'll be unsettling and it's going to need greater clarification <laughs> if it directs them there. I guess what we, sh- we should underscore, which m- most people who are aware of what you know makes a great stand-up comic or a skit, is that you expose, uh, as you say, hypocrisy. You expose something that is ridiculous, but you do it in a way that the criticism isn't considered a jugular attack against this, that community. You can laugh at yourself. It's like a Purim shtick. It's basically, Bardak is basically Purim spiel. And in, in, in a way, the same way Purim spiels were meant to rectify. Right. I'm not sure if Bardak is trying to pull down the system as no, much as say, so. as much as to say, you know, we we admire it, and there's these funny things that perhaps you haven't thought about it, and maybe there's a way to have a purer version of 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 Leda Hashem. The previous point that talking about giving them stuff as a reward, it, it's not just in this area; it's every area. The the, the one of the principles in Beishaga recently offered one of the secular classes. If the whole class average is above eighty, he's giving them donuts. So again, this is a whole approach. Uh, which again, I, I don't know, don't know what to make of it. Ultimately, this Havera, without getting into the 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 primal Kabbalistic aspects of how it's rooted in 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 the Yisoyed of Adam Kadmon, it has to do with patience. It has to do with the ability to halt zachayim. You know, this morning I had the schus to daven vasikin as I've been davening uh, lately because the chesedish minion in our in our neighborhood. Has been davening vasikin as they as this as becomes much easier to do it, and there was a thirteen year old boy that they uh, a to be the leader of the minion. Now, a couple of days ago, when he wanted to come up to the omud, I because they have some respect for me, I I signaled to one of the other chesidish shechever. I said, you know what, you should daven for the omud because it's difficult, as you know, to 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 pace yourself. And to be ready to daven in that slow manner where you meld in the moment of nets with Gal Yisrael, where you haven't sped up anything, where, where everything has been perfectly timed. A kid doesn't have that. And, and today, when I came, he was already had taken the Yomud. And I saw that he had to be slowed down. He wanted to, 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 to and he said it with, with energy. But once again, we had to come over to him and say, no, no, it's still not, still not the time yet. It's still not, still not Vasikan time yet. You know, and we're, we're not ready. And, and I think that as well meaning and as beautiful as this child was in his, in his desire for Avaitis Hashem, I think when you are young, Rav Mayer, there is a, a, an inability to, to, uh, there's a lack of patience. You want satisfaction. You want it now. You want the, the Torah now. You, you, you want to have the Vart now. 
and I think, and again, I, I don't think I'm, 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 I'm incorrect here. In the same way, when you, when you become aware, lahavdil, of what your body is, of your desires, there, there's this idea of, uh, of, of not being able to haltzachain, not being able to, to recognize the advantages of, of a development. And, and I think that's really something that, that, you know, as I said before from, from the Piske Truvis, learning can give you that. When learning can give you the, the excitement of, of, of not yet being there, the excitement of, of control, the excitement of being able to go towards a goal. I, I think what, what happens is, is that, that, that there's a, a frustration, but it's also the control, the ability to, 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 to be able to daven kivasikin, the ability to to have that moment, to realize, to have that measured, I think that's really, in a way, what leads to what it leads to. That's what binge watching is about. That's what all these 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 activities are. These these addictive activities which give you that immediate satisfaction. And again, I just wanted to also say that if you are taking the aside challenge and you're looking for religious entertainment we've got one for you too right <laughs> hopefully hopefully mayor can also be up there for all these clever when they're looking for religious entertainment you'll enjoy these conversations that we're having i don't know if that's a good wrap-up for mayor you wanted to pray i'll give you the last word on this just one thought because um you know i learned with Tommy them 14 15 year old boys and not yeshiva and I always find myself when we're going through a toysis around, I always tell them, slow down, slow down. What is the kasha? What is slow down? And, and it's very difficult for them to slow down, but that's precise to the point you're making that uh, they'll, they'll tell me they understand it already. I say, that's very possible. You are in that case much brighter than I am. I have a much weaker head. And just slow down for my sake, slow down for me. So I think you're right that that there is this postponement of the gishmak. It makes it, in fact, more gishmak. So uh, whether in learning or in other areas of life. So we again. So <laughs> right. So once again, ch- check us out. And uh, as we say, we we wish you success in, in if you are joining this uh, in these in these challenging in, times. In all aspects of Yiddishkeit. In all aspects of Yiddishkeit. So be well. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.